This week on Ultra 64, two fighting games battled to the death over an S. It's Fighter's Destiny and Fighter Destiny 2. Welcome to Ultra 64. This is the comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. My name is Steve Dunley. I'm Woody Suskowski. Uh, and today we have a couple of doozies for you. Uh, we played Fighter's Destiny and Fighter Destiny 2. That's right. Fighter Destiny Fighter 2. Fighter Destiny. So this the grammatically confusing titled Fighter Destiny 2. Very grammatically confusing. But uh, before we get into that, uh, how, how, how you doing, Woody? Good, good. So, uh, um, yeah, we just we played some Hero Clicks, then we uh, played some Fighter Destiny. So this is one of them. Uh, there, that's enough with the small talk, Steve. Uh, it's been one of them. One been one of them nerdy nights. Yeah, this is yeah. Uh, one of them punch 'em up games, right? Yeah, this is one of the the. There actually aren't too many fighting games on the Nintendo sixty four. A little more than you would think, but still less than you know any other system ever. Uh, and I think it's just that that controller is just not built for fighting games. It's, uh, either way, you grab. You can either grab it by the D-pad or you can grab it by the analog stick in the middle. And that is something I neglected to mention last week that I feel like it's important to highlight. The, the Nintendo 64 was the first console to come with an analog joystick, like, built in. The DualShock would rip this off. Uh, well, it wouldn't rip it off. It did its own thing. <laughs> but it, it wouldn't make that standard for another year and a half or so. So that was one way that this was kind of groundbreaking. But for those who have never seen a Nintendo 64 controller, why first of all, are you listening, why to, this are you listening to this? Second of all, uh, it's a very strange controller. It's one of the weirder mainstream controllers you'll ever see. It's but, kind of impossible to hold the stick and have more than access to the A, B, Z, and R buttons at any time because you have to take your finger off to get to the C buttons. Yeah, and the, the best games found ways to integrate these weird uh, quirks and, and work with it. Um, but uh, fighting games always kind of struggled, and I think... All right, so let's talk a little bit about our two games tonight. Um, we lumped them together because I felt like, yeah, they were they were similar enough that they didn't need two full episodes. But let's, uh, let's, let's get a little stats back up on this. So Fighter's Destiny was first released on January 27th, 1998. It was referred to as Fighter's Cup in Japan. Uh, we are anti-cup in the U.S., so they <laughs> had to change that to Destiny. Um, this was developed by Genki and released by Ocean in well the U.S. Well-known company, Genki. Yes, so Genki is best known for their racing games. They did, like, uh, Tokyo Extreme Racer and stuff like that. Um, they're best known for those games that's that I've never best, heard of. That's what they're good at. They're okay. good at arcade racers that are mostly popular in Japan. Um, they also uh, yeah, they also did some weird um, the, the Jade Cocoon. Did you ever play Jade I've Cocoon? Heard, I am familiar. I've heard of Jade Cocoon. I've never played it. Was it was a PS1 era kind of ripoff of Pokemon, uh, and that's kind of their only really notable excursion into RPGs. Uh, Ocean is best known in the U.S. for porting a lot of kind of random licenses. So they did the Hudson Hawk game for the NES. Okay. They did... Uh, yeah, I think they have a bunch of really crappy licensed games. They That's do. That's what I associate with Ocean. Uh, uh, other games that they breezed on the N64 include MRC, Multi-Racing Championship, which we'll get to, but it's the most generic, boring oh. racing game imaginable. And uh, Wetrix, which is a very strange puzzle game. Yeah, I played Wetrix. Um, so... Uh, Fighter Destiny 2, they dropped the S. Uh, very significantly, they dropped the S, and it was some kind of co uh, copyright dispute. And I don't understand exactly Since how much this will change yeah. things. 
But it is good to know that if there's another podcast out there called like Ultra 64, we just have to change it to Ultras 64. Ultra 64. Yeah. So <laughs> starring Mr. and Mrs. Ultra. Yes. So yeah, it's easy enough to skip out on that. But Fighter Destiny 2 uh, was developed by a new team at South Peak Interactive. They're best known for licensed games as well. They did a lot of Looney Tunes games, a lot of Animaniacs. They did uh, this failed fighting game franchise called Boombots that you may remember. I never played hmm. it, but I remember seeing the commercials like before every cartoon show. It sounds like the name of a 90s cartoon that was just designed to sell a le- uh, series of toys, of action figures. It, I the Boombots! I the Boombots! Yeah, that, that was a voice. Like it, it was a guy's like, I'm a Boombot. I like to hit things. And I don't know exactly, but I, I had it confused with BattleBots when I was okay. looking this up earlier. But. It's like that uh, that Transformer who the other guys would transform form into like cars and trucks and he would just transform into a walkman yes <laughs> like this is the boom bots <laughs> we need some music where's that one guy uh so south peak interactive they closed in 2011 but uh, they also inflicted a bunch of really creepy uh baby simulators for the nintendo ds before they uh, went imagine out. babies imagine ba- i think was they that... were they were my babies oh my babies their, okay their contribution yeah it was such that. like uh crowded market of baby simulation it weirdly games. was for a little while it was like hey people like this nintendogs right let's make babies out of it um so you know this was not really assembled by the heaviest hitters uh, not 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 your dream team crew but uh you know i thought they turned out pretty solid couple of games here yeah, so um, you, as you know, you're you're a martial artist in your own right. You've mm-hmm. participated yeah. in many high level, uh, nationally ranked fighting events. Oh yeah, all over. Um, yeah, that's 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 why you do this Nintendo sixty four podcast. You're a very well rounded individual. Just to keep enjoy. me buff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so the thing that really, I mean, you know, a lot of fighting games they kind of blend together. This one, the gimmick behind here is it's kind of a. Rather than just pound your opponent's life bar to zero, Mm. um, the mechanic is once you hit them enough, they get stunned, and you can either use that opportunity to knock them out of the ring or, you know, knock them to the ground, in which case your character scores points. Yeah, you get – there's a bar of like seven or eight – I think it's seven in the first one, eight in the second one, uh, stars underneath your life bar. And uh, you need to fill those up. So say you can modify how much each star is worth, which we learned the or hard way. Or how much each different attack, how many stars it gives you. Right. So it could be, you know, the way we were playing it the first round, like a ring out to get punched out of the ring, that's one point. That's one star. Uh, if you execute a special move, which we never figured out how to do, that's four <laughs> stars. So you keep doing that until – so the, the light, health bar doesn't matter as much as these special It's kind of like Pokemon. Once the health bar goes down, you are easier to knock out of the ring or easier to throw down. So it's a little bit of a kind of a blend of like typical fighting game and wrestling game. It kind of uh, reminded me of uh, the Def Jam games. That's what I was thinking those. too, yeah, because you need to weaken, weaken them and then execute a special move to knock them out. So it's got a little bit of that. Um, and yeah, we're, uh, I think this, this series released most, or received mostly positive reviews when it came out. Uh, it got an 8 out of 10 from IGN, which called it the best 3D fighting game on the console. Ooh, better than Mace the Dark Age. Better than Mace the Dark Age. I cannot wait to play that game. You talk about it so much and I haven't played it yet. <laughs> There's a janitor secret character. There's a janitor character? Okay. Um, so, uh, it, uh, GameSpot gave it the glowing... Uh, box art recommendation <laughs> of a well-rounded game, yeah. which uh, this is great. This is all from Wikipedia, by the way. We're too lazy to do real research. Um, yeah, when all the troves of knowledge out there on Fighter's Destiny. Weirdly enough, there are not enough <laughs> blogs about this game. Uh, this one, 
Uh, yeah, you know, so this one released uh, received some early um, praise from people who played it, and they they were kind of had this touted as like the next big fighting game for a minute, or at least the signature fighting game on the N sixty four, which was hurting for it. So uh, it was due to be released the Christmas season of ninety seven. There was a manufacturing problem in Japan, right. and as a result, uh, the release date had to be pushed to late January nineteen ninety eight which basically devastated sales. And so Nintendo, as a last-minute strategy, they knocked 20 bucks off the sticker price, okay. sold it as a discount game. Uh, it sold poorly still, but it had enough uh, love to earn a sequel, apparently. And so the sequel came out three years or two, two years later uh, in uh, J- July 14th, 2000. And uh, it also didn't really sell very well. People didn't really pay attention to it. I think that the thing that this game mostly suffers from and the biggest weakness that it has is everything is super generic aside from the name of fighters destiny which you know sounds like the most generic fighting game title you can think of the characters are all super generic there's sort of the japanese ryu ripoff um and his name is actually ryuji and like, so yeah <laughs> he's just ryu um and then everything has some real you know basic uh various country stereotypes there's a French clown, an American wrestler, a Japanese ninja, um, and no, no character really stands out as being, you know, more fun to play than any others. Um, no. I think mechanically the game plays well. It plays like Tekken or Virtua Fighter. It's very simple. Or, it's uh, they don't use the C buttons at all, uh, so you're you're not really worrying about that. It's just a B to punch, A to kick. You move around with your D pad, and then you can use the shoulder buttons for blocks. Or in the case of one of the characters, I taunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, you double There's that and you also um, a mechanic of a single player mode where you can go and you know earn skills and level up your character, which we never got too in depth in. Um, but it seemed like a good way if you actually wanted to you know get serious in the Fighters Destiny competitive environment. Yeah, be a good way to practice. It's an it's an interesting way of segmenting that. Like you never really see that. It's like okay, you can you can have this special move for this character if you beat this board game. Yeah. So yeah. yeah well, the first game it wasn't structured like that it was just kind of structured like a roulette wheel you skip around if you land on a character named joker uh then you have to fight them if you lose then you lose all the skill points you've acquired so far if you land on the master and you win then you gain a skill point uh but if you lose you keep the skills you've gained so far so um that's a little annoying then they they restructured it for the second game to look kind of like a mario party board and you work your way through that and you fight against uh, a character named Cherry, <laughs> who is a cross-dressing man. Um, but they they change the voice. Uh, in, in Japan, it was unambiguously a man. It had a man's voice. Uh, but here they changed it to a woman's voice. They changed nothing else. It's still like a very masculine body and everything like that. But uh, and, and very garishly made up, very much like a drag queen. But uh, I guess they were afraid. Uh, I don't know what they were afraid of. That Japan wasn't. So that segues, I think, into um, the next point, which is these games, one and two, they play pretty much identically to one another. But I think the thing that sets two apart is it's got, they clearly put a lot more effort into making things less generic. Um, It's kind of, there's a lot of elements of wackiness. The first, there's a Dennis Rodman type character in the first one, or in the second one. That is D-Dog. Yeah. And the first level we played, we were fighting on a giant Christmas present. Yeah, uh, balloons all around. Um, and the, the rings, it should be said, are just cubes. Yeah, You're just standing that's on true. a cube, 
which uh, is amazingly suspended about 30 feet into the air. Yeah. In giant presence. And you get these big backgrounds, uh, you know, where, that kind of indicates where you are. Like, you know, if you're, if you're on a, a yellow cube, you're in the desert, you know, so something like that. So you can, you have some kind of sense that you're in these places, but you are just standing on a box. Um, so it's very much modeled after Virtua Fighter, I think. Yeah. Uh, so and it, it really doesn't distinguish itself too much from that. But I did appreciate, yeah, like you said, the, the more flamboyant tack they took with this uh second game. Uh there's a higher frame rate, it moves a little smoother. Uh and you can modify your star values, which we didn't actually check to see if we could do in the first one. But, that's true, but, that's uh, true. We did start playing the second one and all of a sudden it's like a ring out, five points, and we're like, what the fuck? You're gonna lose in two two knockouts. But you you can adjust them. So you can kind of customize the game however you want to play it. Like if you just want to do all ring outs. Well, assuming that you want to play Fighter's Destiny. Assuming like you, you, you can't customize Destiny. it to play a more fun game. Well, true, right? but you can you can I want to play Spelunky. It's, where's that where's that option menu? That's in there. That's in there. You just oh. gotta dig for it. Oh yeah, man, it's, it's, that's it's a in secret the, code. It's in the ROM. I don't know. I don't know what a ROM is. Indie Indie Darling Spelunky was just pulled from uh, from the code of Fighter <laughs> Destiny 2. Like uh, Geometry Wars. Do you know Geometry Wars was just originally uh, Project Gotham Racing? Yeah, or, that's uh, right. Yeah, it was Death Tank Zeewee was originally just a Duke Nukem uh, secret <laughs> game. Well-known Death Tank Zeewee. I've never heard of Death Tank Zeewee. It's but fun. I have we heard should Geometry play it Wars. sometime. Like, Geometry Wars is like its own franchise now. Yeah, like, it's, it's true. It's quite good. But... I mean, I feel like that would be the perfect crime. You hide something in this game and no one's going to notice. That's true. No one's going <laughs> to care. I mean, we're yeah, probably, we were probably the last people to play Fighter's Destiny in like the last 10 years. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, obviously the people listening right now are going to rush out and play it like immediately. Uh, they're all about it because. Well, I, I mean, I know you're being sarcastic, but you, you in terms say, of things to rush out, you could do a, you could do worse. You, you could, could do rush worse. out and buy Space Invaders, which you shouldn't do. This one would pr- these are pretty cheap. Uh, you can find them most anywhere. I, I I don't know. I kind of feel like if you have a Nintendo sixty four lying around, you're looking for a game, I would recommend these. Either um, yeah. of them are worth playing. I, I would. I think I would be confident in recommending the second one over the first one. Um, I don't know why it's they, they're so similar. I don't know why you would need both of them. Um, they play almost identically. Yeah. And just that goofy. You, you know, maybe you want to play as the goofy Dennis Rodman character and that that gives you a little more reason than just the super generic characters who are in the first one and yeah. the second one looks a lot better it um, looks better it's yeah. a lot cleaner and it has less of that super blocky early 3D but one thing I'm missing from the first game was uh, uh, every once in a while you would land a hit and the announcer would say something like you oh, did yeah. a good job right. like it, it feels like they're they're congratulating you for finishing your meatloaf like a big boy like it, yeah. it's it's kind of it's a little condescending yeah. too. Like I don't know. That was a great attack you made. Aww. Keep punching him. That was really good for you. Yeah. Aw, how cool. It's true. I it, it, the second one rather than that very condescending announcer, it had much more uh, irritating, rambunctious music. Yeah, but yeah, and I mean for the most part, it's fighting game music, and you're going to kind of ignore it. Um, you know, it's 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 not overwhelming. It has a better. Both of them have better cutscenes right at the beginning than uh, Space, Space Invaders, Invaders did. did. The soundless slideshow of Space Invaders, with their, even with their weird, like uh, um, you know, uh, poorly translated phrasing. Yeah, uh, it still kind of succeeded and it was got me a little more hyped for the game. Uh, 
Well, this, this, I mean, this brings up the strange question of other people exist. And if, if you're any, if, if you're a, yeah, yeah, people exist. We've okay. assessed that I'm here, you're here, people exist. <sighs> okay, that's a relief. Um, if anyone is listening to this podcast, um, tell us if you want to play Fighter's Destiny. Are there people who want to go play old fighting games? Because yeah. to me, the appeal of a fighting game is, you know, you have people to play it with who know how to play, who are at the same skill level, and I don't know who you're really going to play with who's, you know, really wants to master Fighter's Destiny with you. Yeah, I don't feel yeah. this is going to be one they play. What's that? Uh, uh, Gen Con? Evo. Evo, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't feel like this is one that's going to grace that uh, that competitive stage. And it's no. not, and again, it's not that it's bad. It's just, I think... The wheels of time have passed it by. Yeah, and uh, you almost have to wonder, like, would this have... Do you think this would have caught on if they didn't have that manufacturing error in Japan and it missed the Christmas date? Mm. Do you think this would have caught on? I kind of wonder. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's too... I think it's too similar to Tekken or Virtua Fighter, and it's definitely not as good as Tekken. Yeah. Um... That I can't, you know, there's just not that many room, much room for a lot of different fighting games. Um, and people get used to the franchises they like. You know, now there's about what I would say four major fighting game franchises. Yeah, what's still I mean, left? Street yeah. Fighter, Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah, I guess Injustice is sort of the Injustice most popular one, uh, and uh, Smash Brothers. Sure. Yeah, that's sort of the extent of fighting games that people they play. Still, I think they still release Guilty Gear games, but I don't know. Uh, that's such a small subset. I think it's a, that's, that's a just people game. who like that's a niche game. Guys with big swords and blue hair, kind of like that's the, that yeah. genre. They did the Persona Four fighting game, which was kind of a weird idea. It's but the same genre. It was the same genre, and it was it was. But that one was fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. But yeah, as, as far as like mainstream fighting games, yeah, back back in this era, well, even back in 1998, I feel like the market was kind of dwindling a little bit like post mortal Kombat, street fighter 2 yep. like when it was really booming and everything had to be a fighting game i feel like this was kind of coming in on the tail end of that there was a little market saturation yeah i agree with that so yeah i don't know i i can't tell the future or the past obviously but i don't think that uh um, you can't tell the past steve i can tell the past yeah. but it's called reading a history book yeah. <laughs> i can't transport myself to the past and tell the future okay you're right let's say that that's true <laughs> that one's harder to you do you don't have a magical sports almanac that will tell you what fighting games are going to be popular yeah and then you use that ability to invest in those companies and form your own giant mansion where you marry your what was sorry i, I forgot sp- are, are you, are you talk- I'm, I'm talking, talking back, back to the future, future too. too so biff married uh, lorraine which was his high school crush that he tried to rape until george mcfly punched him right and then he worked through that. This is lots of spoilers for Back to the Future, by the way. That's why you listen to the Nintendo 64 then, podcast. And then, where, okay, so that's a that's a completely random non sequitur question. Okay. Uh, there, there have been a couple crappy Back to the Future games. Oh. Um, Wait, you mean? Oh yeah, I guess there was. They did the Telltale. There was a Telltale, the Telltale one, ones, which was not crappy. It was okay. But, it just was right. There were much two, weaker than the other Telltale games. Yeah, but it was much better than the other Back to the Future. Much games. better than the other Back to the Future. Games. But I guess the question is, what uh, what kind of license would you like to have seen on the Nintendo sixty four? What kind of branded product do you think would have been a good fit? Oh, like what? What movies were? But what? What? What about the Wild Wild West video game? Or is that? Oh, uh, is that oh, too? God. Is that too? Uh, too soon. Too early. Too um, soon. That movie's. Yeah, no, that would that would have worked. I would play that game. Um, let's see. 
what else, what else was around that time that people enjoyed? So mid ninety. Okay, I guess there are Toy Story games out. for the Nintendo sixty four. There's, there's that's a actually Toy Story a pretty good game. game. That's solid. The Disney um, games in general are pretty solid. Yeah, that's true. Um, so nineteen ninety six, America was all about Apollo thirteen. Apollo <laughs> thirteen to see that. game. <laughs> Tap A to pee into bag and <laughs> eject into space. Um, Spin control stick to avoid zero Gs. Ooh. Yeah. And actually, by the end of that game, like, or by the end of that movie where they're trying to uh, uh, manually correct the, the space shuttle to get oh, back yeah. in red, that, that could be fun for a second. Okay. Um, you know, Braveheart, the game. Yeah. Um, you get a little mini game where you, you rip out uh, uh, William Wallace's guts. Okay. okay. I guess to keep it on track, I said, I guess specifically, <laughs> what would make a good fighting game from this era? Uh, how about a fighting game based on the Mortal Kombat movie? Okay, could call so it, Mortal you, you Kombat, could, the game, the, the based movie, on the, the game. Movie. Yeah, like, exactly. Like the Street Fighter, the movie, the game. That's right. <laughs> Which somehow played like Mortal Kombat, weirdly, um, because they used like the, the, the FMV sprites. figures yeah. of, of Jean-Claude Van Damme. I've never played that game. It sounds like it's I should. It's so bad. Oh, man. But it's, it's, it's good, bad. It's good, bad. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, I, you have to wonder, like, because... They did that occasionally. Like the, there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fighting game that was pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah, that was really good. Champions. That was a lot of fun. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on properties from the '90s. Yeah. It's, Maybe you could have like mm-hmm. a like a Disney afternoon slack SmackDown with Darkwing Duck versus Baloo from Tailspin. There was a celebrity deathmatch game for PS One. Oh boy, it was that game was not good. I never played it, but I, I remember watching that show all the time and thinking, "Man, this should be a video game." And then the video game came out, and they they uh, no, well. Let me passed. let me segue here um, mm-hmm. in terms of licensed properties. Um, we were talking about whether or not we would recommend uh, Fighters Destiny and Fighter Destiny. Yeah, uh, like we said, they're they're okay. Yeah. Um, but what I would really recommend is go buy Def Jam Fight for New York. Oh man, because that game is awesome. That and was that game so much fun. Is really goofy and it has goofy licenses and you just play as rappers and you just beat the tar out of each other. And it has generally the same. I don't know. It's got a lot of the same kind of mechanics as Fighters Destiny based on. You know, countering, get them weak to knock them down, and you just keep going until someone knocks down. But that one has so, like interactive uh, backgrounds that yeah. you can use, and you can use the the cheers from the crowd to boost. Crowd you. will like, like yeah. hand you beer bottles. You can use to smash your opponent. Oh, that's a great game. Um, and you can finally settle who would win in a fight between Exhibit and Bubba Sparks. Yeah, I know. We've argued about that so many times. I mean, it's it's yeah. been a testing point. It really has. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's let's talk rankings here. Okay. So now we have the running list for uh, anyone who's uh, for new listeners. We have a running list of uh, oh, I don't have it up. Well, uh, wait, I, I can help you out, Steve. You don't need to consult the list. I don't know if I need to consult the list. We have, we one, have game one game on it so far. That game is Space Invaders. Okay, but now we have first on the list. We have two games uh, that are going to be going in there. So, uh, what is your new ranking? Okay, my new ranking is best game on Nintendo sixty four. Fighter Destiny 2, mm. second best game on Nintendo 64, Fighter Destiny. Fight, sorry, Fighters, Fighters Destiny. Careful, copy. Um, yeah, and third game, Space Invaders. Space Invaders looking to fall further as we go on. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to have a little disagreement, but you know what? Uh, honestly, I got I to gotta go right along the same lines. I think right now, best game, unanimous decision, best game on the N64 is Yeah, by, by Judge Destiny for two points. Two, two points. Two stars. <laughs> so that has been our Fighter's Destiny and Fighter Destiny 2 episode. Uh, next week, 
We're going to have a couple of special guests joining us because we have some four-player goodness going on. We are going to learn how to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory with a little game called Mario Party. Everybody knows it. Everybody's played it. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, so thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Steve Guntley. I've been Woody Siskowski. Thank you so much, and have a good day. Hey, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. We are just having an incredible time with this show, and we hope that you're enjoying it. I just wanted to take a moment to uh, plug some of our websites and some of our web presence. You can find us online at ultra64podcast.com. Now, that website's in a little bit of flux. I'm working on it and building it up, and uh, it's also going to be the source of some uh, reviews and blog posts and things like that that I'm going to write myself. But uh, at the moment, it's still a work in progress, but it's going to look very nice when it's done. Uh, you can reach us on uh, yeah. You can reach us at email at, at gmail.com, uh, ultra64podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us at Twitter at ultra64podcast. Please reach out. Let us know if you have any questions, concerns, random praise. I always like praise. Uh, I also wanted to take a moment here at the end of the podcast uh, just for a brief little aside. So uh, I was this episode you just listened to almost didn't happen because uh, I screwed up the recording somehow. Uh, it had all these pops and crackles, and it was just so obnoxious to listen to. And I really didn't know how to fix it. So I reached out to uh, some wonderful people over at the Podhouse Flopcasters. That's a little subgroup of the Flophouse podcast fan group. If you haven't listened to the Flophouse, they're a bad movie podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. They're amazing. It's my very favorite podcast. Please give them a listen if you haven't. This this little group, you know, there's a lot of people in there. They're very passionate about podcasting and they know a lot about it. And a lot of these people run their own podcasts or their own podcast networks in some cases. So I reached out for some advice and not only did they give me tips on how to prevent these little noises from happening in the future, they took my file and they fixed it. Uh, one one man in particular, he took my file and he fixed it completely free of charge with professional equipment. And so it's gone from an almost total disaster and potential lost episode to one of our strongest sounding episodes I think we've ever had. So uh, I would like to give some special shout outs for the excellent advice. Thank you to Malcolm Nygaard. Thank you to Joel Torres, to Kristen Bennett, to Wendy Mays. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to John Holt who, uh, just out of the kindness of his heart, decided to fix my file for me. Uh, I, I can't even begin to say thank you. You saved the whole episode for me, and uh, it really just warmed my heart. It was such a wonderful act of kindness coming out of nowhere. So thank you so much to everybody again, and um, keep listening. I'll see you next time, guys. Bye.